Welcome to my homestead, y'all. I'm your host, Jenny Veliki, also known as the Funky Farm Girl. I'm working to create a home with a little farm, a little faith, a lot of food, and a bit of funky. I'm learning all about growing and preserving our food supply, raising chickens and children, and becoming more self-sufficient while leaning hard on Jesus. And I want to take you along for the ride. So grab yourself a cup of something wonderful, and let's visit a while. Hey y'all, this is Jenny Veliki, and I am the Funky Farm Girl. This is episode 25, Homesteading on Vacation. Glad you could join us today. This week on our homestead, let's talk about what's going on. We were on vacation this past week, and we got back, and of course there's work to do right away. So what we're working on this week is creating a separate chicken coop and run for our little black mixed chicks we have four of them um, from the looks of it two hens and two roosters we will see we have the goal of giving them um, doing some breeding with them in the spring um, so that we have eggs to sell for hatching or some chicks that we can raise that my daughter Gracie can sell And so we have a chicken coop that we're getting ready to put them in. And we also have gotten an extra run to add on to the end of it to give them a little bit more square footage of runaround space. Um, Unfortunately, this, this setup was supposed to be for Polish chicks. But the people that we were going to purchase those chicks from had a bad hatch rate. With that batch and only were able to hatch two of the eggs out of 15. So we were really sad that we weren't able to get any of the Polish chicks but such is farm life and so we will roll with the punches and move on. So we are getting ready to move our black mixed chicks which are a mix of copper black copper moran and Easter eggers into this coop and run on their own. So they will be in a separate little house. So there's no doubt about it. Homesteaders work really, really hard. But there's one thing that they hear quite a lot from a lot of people. And it's like, well, how do you go on vacation? And quite honestly, so many of them don't. And so I wanted to explore today why they should go on vacation And how they could go on for vacation. And in doing so, four things to consider about vacation. So, first of all, we always start with why. Not because I'm doing something or because you see everybody else doing it and so you want to. But we need to find out what your why is. Why is vacation important to you and your family? Especially as homesteaders... Why would vacation be important to you and your family? So for me, my why is, number one, I see so many homesteaders that are just burned out and exhausted. 
they go all day long from sunup to sundown all year round there's always something to do there's always something that depends on them there's always another project waiting and they just get exhausted and burned out and because they're doing it all themselves they're isolated and they're lonely and they're tired and they're depressed and those are the ones who will start thinking do I really want to do this for the rest of my life and they might get burned out enough to quit we don't want to get to that spot so we want to be proactive and set aside time for vacation another reason is because it's a priority for Michael my husband he still works a full-time job outside of the homestead and he really needs that time to rest and rejuvenate and fill back up and kind of have a reward for all the hard work that he's put in all year um, getting to do that so it's definitely important to him he wants to have extended time both with our family and with his extended family when he has time off from work and so that is something that we just make sure that we make a priority um, to make sure that it happens for him and last but definitely not least is we need rest Uh, I've talked about rest on here several times before and rest is something that we prioritize we are hard workers and when it's time to get a job done we are all in and we are working hard but The reason we're able to do that is because we're not depleted all the time. We're taking time and setting time aside to rest and get refilled so we can go right back at it. So I want to bring up an important distinction that I feel like needs to be made before we go any further with talking about homesteaders on vacation. And that is the difference between being self-reliant and being self-sufficient and I feel like that knowing whether you are working towards one or the other is going to be the deciding factor in figuring out your why for why vacation is important to your family or why it's not if you are working towards being self-reliant self-reliant is relying on your own abilities and work and resources rather than those of others and it's having the ability to do things for yourself but being self-sufficient is needing no outside help in meeting one's basic needs especially with regard to producing food so as a homesteader I'm working towards being more self-reliant because I want to be a producer rather than a consumer I'm removing myself from the cultural rat race. It is not my goal to become self-sufficient and live off the grid. It is my goal to learn how to do things for myself and for my family. And it is my goal to generate income outside of a traditional job and not carry any debt. And those things make me more self-reliant. I also understand that I am not going to ever be fully self-reliant because there will not ever come a time when I know everything about everything. And of course, as a Christian, I believe that I'm fully reliant on God to help me and to provide for me. 
And so becoming fully self-reliant is not a goal of mine either. But I am focused on becoming more self-reliant. On the opposite of that is, or or on the flip side, would be becoming self-sufficient. When you are self-sufficient and you're off-grid, there is very little wiggle room for for um, time off or vacation or things like that. Because literally your life depends on you doing the work that you're doing so that you have water and heat and food and things to feed your animals. And you can't take off a week from that and go to the beach and relax or go hike the Grand Canyon or sit in a cabin in the mountains. Um, that's not an option. And so if that is the thing that you're working towards, if you really, really want to get to a point that you are completely self-sufficient and don't rely on electricity or running water or food from the store or clothes from the store or anything like that, then go for it. There's your why. That's what you're working towards. And so I encourage you to do that. But if that's not your goal, then vacation is not off limits for you. Vacation is something that you absolutely can do. And so I will say again, this is why it's important to know your why for homesteading. And this is why I firmly believe that anybody can homestead, just like we talked about in episode 22. So if you want to review why I believe anyone can homestead and your why in homesteading is to increase your self-reliance, then I want you to know that I believe that rest and time away is going to be rejuvenating and restorative and it's going to make you a better homesteader when you return. And things won't fall apart because you take some time off. So... Now that we've done that, let's talk about the fact that vacation is an optional thing that we can plan ahead for and we can work towards and things like that. But there are going to be times in life where we're not going to have the option to plan ahead. Maybe your kid gets sick. Maybe your husband needs surgery. Maybe there's an accident and someone is in the hospital. Maybe you have a family member who dies. There are a number of things that can happen that can cause life at the homestead to not go the way it usually does. Where you're going to need to be reliant on other people to help you. And one of the benefits of going on vacation on a regular basis is that you get to practice handing off the reins of your homestead to someone else. You get to learn who you can and can't trust with that responsibility. You learn what works well for substitutes and what doesn't. And when you've already done it because you've been on vacation and you've set set somebody else in charge and they've done really well and you've come back and the world kept spinning while you were gone, then you're going to have one less thing to stress about when you're sitting with your child in a hospital or you're grieving the death of a family member. 
or any number of things that could happen. So, I really wanted to go deep into that so that you understand that this is where the why is. This is why I believe that homesteaders need to prioritize vacation. So now that we know why, let's let's consider four things in the how. First of all, let's consider the timing. And if we think back to the episode on living in rhythm with the seasons, episode 20, uh, you can go back and listen to that one if you've missed that one or if you're a new listener. Um, Go back and listen to how we live in rhythm with the seasons. And it's just really obvious that we're not going to be able to go anywhere in the spring and summer because that's when we're way, way busy. CPAs and accountants do not go on vacation in April because that's when tax day is. And homesteaders just really, it's not wise or quite as feasible to go on vacation in the spring and summer when everything is blooming and everything is growing and everything is reproducing and you have baby animals and new things going on and you're doing projects that you haven't been able to do because it's been cold and all these different things. So it's a crazy time of year. And then in the winter, you've got more to consider for animal care. You've got to make sure that everybody's warm. You've got to make sure that the water doesn't freeze. And you've got to make sure this and that. Um, There's also a higher chance in the winter that you're going to have delays due to weather. If you're traveling or you're going to have issues at home, um, because of weather conditions or whatever else. Um, So really fall seems to be the most ideal time to go. So first of all, when you're thinking about a vacation, consider the timing. And number two, we want to consider community. Again, we want to be building self-reliance, not self-sufficiency necessarily. We want to get to know other people that have gardens, that have chickens, that have homesteads. Maybe you have goats and so you want to make friends with other people with goats. And the reason we're doing that is yes, you're relying on your own knowledge and power and strength to raise goats or chickens or a garden or things like that. But you're not the be-all end-all for those goats you are building a community so that one you have a bank of knowledge that you can pull from and people who are experienced and two you can be a blessing to them just like you're hoping that they'll be a blessing to you so when they go out of town offer to help out if they have a family member that's in the off in the hospital or something offer to help out with that there's two good reasons for doing that number one they're going to be more willing to help you when you need help because you've been willing to help them and number two you're going to be able to check out their setup and know how well or how not well they take care of their farm and animals and that will give you an idea of how comfortable you would be having them on your farm taking care of your animals. Okay, so 
I really, really recommend that whatever sitter that you find within your community, that you really look for someone who has a common passion or a professional. Uh, You really want to find, for example, I have chickens. So my chicken sitter is a girl who loves chickens. And I know she loves chickens because she has her own chickens and she takes excellent, excellent care of hers over and above what I do for mine. And so I can feel safe leaving my chickens with my chicken sitter, Emily, because I know how well Emily takes care of her chickens. Definitely recommend finding someone who either has the same passions, who's going to fuss over your garden like you do, or someone who's going to go out there and talk to your chickens and bring them treats in the afternoon just like you would, um, or use a professional. Because doing that over a relative or a neighbor, although we feel more comfortable doing using a relative or neighbor for like a cat or a dog or things like that in general our farm animals and things we have a significant amount invested in those and I'm not saying that dogs and cats aren't as important or that we don't have as much invested in them because of course they're there are things that are invested in them my cats are family members my chickens work for me Um, but I have a lot more money and time and energy invested into my chickens than I do in my three cats. And so I'm going to be more particular about who takes care of them. And when you have a neighbor or a relative who takes care of them, however well-meaning they will be, there's a much higher chance that something may happen or human error may occur or a situation is going to come up with that they don't know how to deal with because you chose someone you know better rather than someone who has the practical knowledge that you're looking for. So consider your community. Number three, consider your garden. Now, if you're going in the fall, This isn't much of a consideration unless you just really have a lot that you plant in the fall. I have some things planted in the fall, but most of what I have can just kind of grow and do their own thing. And most of what I'm planting is a second round of stuff that I did in early spring. And so if it makes it, it's great. And if it doesn't, it's no big deal. It just gives me a little bit longer to play in the dirt. And so I'm not as worried about my garden going on vacation but if you are going during a time when your garden is going to need to be monitored what are some things you need to consider you need to consider maybe setting timers to have your water come on and off and and water your garden while you're gone unless that's something that you can ask the sitter to do Um, I like to make my sitter's life as easy as possible so If I were to need my plants to be watered, I would probably try to set it up on a timer where it would water it at the same time every day. Um, Number, another thing that you would need to consider with the garden is what's growing and what are you going to do with it? 
Are you going to ask the sitter to pick it and then allow the sitter to take it home? Are you going to ask a family, friend, or neighbor to come by and just pick produce from your garden and leave the rest to the sitter to, uh, you know, the rest of the chores or tending to animals and things like that to the sitter? And just tell, you know, your family member, you can have whatever's in the garden. Help yourself while I'm gone. Or are you going to just leave it and let it just keep growing? Um, Maybe it gets overripe. Maybe it gets a little big. But then you have a couple options if it does. One, if it gets too ripe or too gross, you can put it in your compost pile. If it's just a little overripe or something like that, you might could just pick it and give it to your chickens when you get home. Um, Things that are fully, fully mature are really good to save seeds from. So maybe you just let it grow while you're gone and then you get home and you have a gigantic okra that's eight inches long and you use that and cut all the seeds out of it and save those seeds for next year's okra. Uh, A great example this year is that I let my beans and my okra grow while we were on vacation because my beans if they stay on the vine they're not going to go bad they'll just begin to dry out and so the ones that get too big or that dry out I can use those for seeds and the others I can just pick and bring them in when I get home and again the okra that's too big I'll just use that for seed for next year and then last but not least we need to consider your animals first think about what is the length of your trip and what type of animals are you leaving at home And really consider, do they actually need any extra care while I'm gone? If we were doing a three-day weekend where we're leaving on Friday morning and coming back on Sunday afternoon, with our chickens and our current feeder set up and waterer set up, I feel confident that they would be just fine without having to have a sitter come and check on them or tend to them or do anything for them. I feel confident that we could put enough out for our cats to eat Um, our two indoor and our outdoor ones and I think that they would be just fine beyond that I would feel like I would need to have somebody come so think about how long am I really going to be gone what will they really need while I'm gone do I need to hire somebody or will they be just fine by themselves and if you do decide that you need somebody set them up for success and leave them detailed directions Um, with my sitter Emily I am filling up every feeder I am topping off all the water I am putting fresh mulch in the chicken coop uh, in the run and putting fresh shavings in the chicken coops I'm making sure that everything is set up well I'm checking all my chickens to make sure nobody's sick Uh, I'm making sure all my latches work on the gates and those types of things just to make sure that anything that might or could go wrong or might or could be needed, that I've taken care of as much of that as possible before I leave. And then I give her detailed directions. And um, in particular for me, the way that has worked best is for me to Marco Polo, which is a video app that you can use to have a recorded video conversation with a friend 
and then they receive your video message and then they watch it and then they can send you a video message in reply. Now I use that as a way to give video instructions to my sitter Emily so that she is able to not only listen to what I'm saying or to reference a sheet where I've made a checklist but she can actually watch what I'm doing and where I'm doing it in my yard and go okay she's telling me I need to get the stuff out of the red tub that's where the red tub is okay now I know what to do um, and it's something that she can reference again and again and again while she's helping us out uh, and then the last thing I just think that we all need to be aware and prepared for is that there's always the potential for an accident or loss of animals when we aren't on duty. Um, of course, there's always a chance of accident and loss when we are on duty. So just being aware of the fact that we might do everything right and the sitter might do everything right and we might still have a dumb raccoon that gets in our chicken coop and kills half of our flock. We might have human error where somebody doesn't quite latch a gate and you get some goats that get out. You might have any number of things where somebody might suddenly get sick and you might lose an animal. You might have one that gives birth early and has trouble. There's just so many different things that can happen and just acknowledging that at the beginning and being prepared that there may be a loss but not expecting it, just being aware that there's always that possibility and thinking ahead in terms of, okay, does my sitter know what the consequences would be for me financially if that were to happen? Does the, does the sitter know how much it would cost me if I were to lose this animal? Have I made any kind of arrangement with the sitter for financial compensation from them if something were to happen to my animals due to them not doing their job correctly. So those are some things that you need to consider when it comes time to think about your animals before you go on vacation. So um, I hope that this has got your juices flowing and your brain working and you're thinking through how you might could take a little time off to rest and relax and get away for a little while and consider these four things as you do that for some much needed time off. I want to remind you about my review challenge. I am working hard to get 500 reviews on iTunes and I'd love it if you could leave me a review. And here's real quick how to do that. On your Apple phone or iPad or Mac, if you just go to the Apple's um, podca podcast app, tap search in the lower right-hand corner, enter the Funky Farm Girl, and when my page comes up, please tap the Reviews tab, scroll to the bottom, tap Write a Review at the very bottom. I hope you'll consider giving the Funky Farm Girl five stars and a great review, and I thank you for helping me reach my goal of 500 reviews on iTunes. The more reviews I have on iTunes, the more visible I am to new potential listeners. So thanks a lot for helping me out. 
Join me next week when we will talk about the homestead minimalist, how our stuff matters as much as our farm does. See you next week. Thanks for stopping by, y'all. If you're inspired by what you've heard today, the best compliment you can give me is to share the Funky Farm Girl with your friends. You can stay connected by following the Funky Farm Girl on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. Until we meet again next week, remember to bloom where you're planted.